Hello everyone, this is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I just want to take this time to personally thank all of our monthly supporters. We could not do what we do without giving from people like you. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're not a monthly supporter and you would like to become one, you can go to jude3project.org and hit the donate tab and sign up. We are grateful for you and we hope you enjoy today's new episode. God bless. Hello, welcome to the Jew 3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3 Project. Well, thank you for watching another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew 3 Project. And today I'm joined by two uh, extraordinary gentlemen. Um, one of these gentlemen I actually interviewed. He was a part of the EVAC um, group we interviewed some time ago on the Questions for God series. Um, and another one, he's still a part of the EVAC, but he was already going off to college during that time. But I have um, talk to him extensively, and I thought it would be good to have them both on um, to talk from a Gen Z perspective about what's going on and really how faith and current events um, play together and how um, it makes people question faith, question God, question the Bible, question spirituality, Christianity, all of that. And so without further ado, I want to introduce you to uh, Chris and Bernard. Um, welcome, gentlemen. How you doing? <laughs> I'm so glad to have you uh, both on here with me today. Um, we're going to uh, do introductions. I'm going to let y'all tell our audience just a little bit about you and your history with EVAC. And if y'all want to tell the audience a little bit about what EVAC is, um, Chris, I'll let you go first. Uh, well, my journey on EVAC, I started off in 10th grade, you know, and Miss Donafield knew me in ninth grade. And so she asked me, do I want to be in her classroom? I said, okay. So at first, you know, I didn't, I wasn't into it because everybody, if you know in Jacksonville at that point in time, everybody, a lot of hoods was beefing. And in that classroom, was a lot of kids from different hoods, so we did not click at all, you know. And we didn't like each other. We almost got in fights until one day Miss Donfrio had an option of sharing the story. So we didn't like that. And one person stand up and was Kimai. He, he told his story first. The next person told his story, and the next person told his story. And we all realized that we had a connection. And we realized we going through the same struggle and we wanted to change the justice system. So we met with court uh we we went in the court office, we met with police officers in our neighborhood, met with judges, uh we talked in the White House multiple times. Um been in plenty of protests, uh we got proclamation of I forgot what it's called, but it's a uh, document basically signed by Obama around the time that helped us pass a law. So that's what we did. And yes. And while I'm still doing it, I'm um, got my COVID line started. So that's that's what I'm doing now. And yeah. That's that's what's up. I'm happy that you're you're with us today. Um Bernard, just tell our audience just a little bit about you and how you got involved in EVAC. Uh Kind of the same way, honestly. Uh, I'm a year older than, uh, not year older, but I'm a year ahead of Chris. Uh, my freshman year of high school, I was in Miss Donna Friel's class, and she picked me to be in the class my 11th grade year. I don't really know how I got in. She, she has to answer that for you. But for the most part, got in the class. Like he said, we got in the class with a bunch of chaos. We used to make Miss Donna Friel cry. I personally didn't like nobody in the class, didn't know anybody in the class. But through one person telling this story, we all realized that we had the same background and all went through the same things. And that's what kind of bonded us together. Uh, I am a student at Florida Agricultural Mechanical University. 
uh, where I major in social work and minor in criminal justice. That's what's up. Thank y'all again for joining us. Um, when you think about the current events and you think about uh, Christianity, what kind of thoughts come to your mind? Who wants I to go, go first? I go. <laughs> go ahead, uh, for one, I feel like reading the Bible, I never really got black characters. Like, I don't know. Like, I was born into a family with different religions. You feel me? So the re- the colors from certain books, like, they would be white. I'm going to say that. So for one, it made me question. If Satan was... uh. uh how can I say it? Satan was an angel. He left heaven. or got casted out of heaven to rule people on earth. It took him to convince Adam and Eve of like, don't eat the fruit. I mean, eat the fruit. God ain't gonna do that to you. Da, 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 da. And from my knowledge, Adam and Eve was white from what I grew up learning. Without Satan sinning and getting them to sin, well, there have been black people. Mm-hmm. Like, so that, you, like perfection would have never caused black people to be made if they were white. Mm-hmm. So that that's was the first question. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first question you had as that's growing up. What what made you think that Adam and Eve was white? Uh, like, like it's more so pictures. Every time as a child, like you look up pictures, you look up. You read Bible stories, it's white characters versus black characters. Mm-hmm. So it never really gave me the vibe that they was black. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because, um, you know, me and you had that discussion the other day, and I was just telling you that very few characters, if any, in the Bible were white. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about, <laughs> it's about um, the iconic, iconic, and the pictures that promote this white agenda. So if I if I go through, um, say we fast forward in history 100 years and somebody decides to paint a picture of you and Chris white, that doesn't make y'all white, but the people in the future, what would they think about y'all? No matter what's going uh, on. They, they seen that how intelligent we were, so they wanted to pick Painted white, so they jealous. Oh, <laughs> but I don't like, want to make no audience, man. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, my no, bad. you're good. I would, but I'm just saying, like, if 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 we go to the future, you know what I'm saying? Like, and somebody decides to repaint y'all um, white, what does that kind of what what would that perpetuate to the future? They're trying to rewrite the future, right? Like how you're doing now, they're trying to rewrite the future into something that is not. So we mm-hmm. won't know our true identity. So we mm-hmm. won't elevate in life. That's mm-hmm. all the mission is right now. So or we won't elevate in life. It's like you you also that kind of ties into the oppression thing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Definitely. If you going around painting this white image, and that's mm-hmm. gonna be the image that's getting put out for the next four hundred, eight hundred years, mm-hmm. you're already getting born into a society that's that's you're the minority, you're oppressed. And if God is gonna be God why I have a place where equality doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on on that, when you think about like um you had a great question, um Bernard, the other day you asked me about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember it. You remember it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you uh do you want to share it and then I'm gonna flip it over to Chris after uh because I think it was a it was a great question that many yeah. people kind of overlooked, but I think thought it was a fantastic question. But no, Galatians uh five twenty two and twenty three basically give you the fruits of the spirits. But how can God honestly expect minority to uphold those fruits of the spirits? Uphold the fruits of the spirit when you're held on a different uh template or grounds than than other individuals. For example, it's like even with the law, like the law is built to fit the middle class and higher class versus the ones in poverty and the minority. So how can you honestly expect the same level of, of what's the word do I want to use? The same ability 
to reach those qualities, mm-hmm. putting them through so many different tasks and different to where one is not even like you got to go through so much more. You got to deal with so much stuff. You got to hold in so much more anger versus the other one. Your life is about to born. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a that's a, a great question. I'm a I'm a uh, answer or give some thoughts on that question after I let Chris kind of chime in and tell us kind of what he he thought thinks about just the question um, Bernard just asked about like you know in the scripture it says uh, the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace um, uh, Bernard is really he was what he's um, do you understand what he was saying like how would God allow why would God make oppressed people um, follow that that standard of the fruit of the spirit? I feel like um, I feel like just to give us a challenge, in a sense, you know, to make us learn through the journey. Because you know, I feel like if God made it so easy on us, we won't learn nothing. We won't elevate as a people because if we just keep giving to stuff, then we just, we just, we, we know it all, you know? So I feel like, you know, um, yeah, that's a good question. Though. I ain't never think of it like that, you know? And yeah, I, I don't got no say on that. That's all I can say on that. Yeah. I do think it, it does. It is a, it presents, it seems as if, it's challenging, I think, if we take that verse in isolation and we don't consider like the yep. whole counsel of, of God's word and understand that God is because then it, it makes it seem like you're not supposed to fight for justice. If you read that verse in a vacuum without considering mm-hmm. all the other verses that push for justice throughout mm-hmm. the scriptures, Amos saying, let justice roll down and the prophets, Isaiah and Ezekiel challenging the systems of power and saying, no, this isn't right. And God balancing, God wanting justice for his people and and um, judging those who act unjustly, who have unbalanced scales for the poor and who get rich off of interest. Um, and all of those things we see in our communities as well. We see in mm-hmm. black and brown communities, you see um, those, uh, what's those, payday loans? Mm-hmm. And put people in further poverty, taking advantage yeah. of the situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like um, putting us in food deserts. And then it creates this space. That's right. You break it down like that. That's right. Huh? You break it down like that. See, that's why you got me. That's why I said you had got me on spiritual plane because how the way you broke it down like that, that that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> and you put the Bible into it. That That's why I got spiritual when you came into my classroom that day. Out of the way you broke it down was so simple, and I was like, Yeah, it does make sense. So, I'm sorry, keep going. I had a comment, <laughs> thank you. But you, you know, when we when we think about that, like we see in our in our neighborhoods, the, the food, food deserts, and then we can't get, and then if you don't have adequate, like healthy foods, then you stuck with what McDonald's. You notice that many black neighborhoods don't have a grocery store, but they got a what dollar general, family dollar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when you eat from those places, you get a healthy that creates what all kind of health challenges in our communities, which Cancer, is why, diabetes. Yeah, which is why the coronavirus is disproportionately affecting us, right? Because yeah. we're already um, un- unhealthy because not because of the fault of our own. But because of what, like, like you were saying, Bernard, what those systems mm-hmm. that are in place to to trap us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, how, how else would y'all think about, like, when you think about, like, how churches talk about justice? Do you think it pacifies people, black and white churches, for inaction, or you think it child pushes them for inaction? Now you can be completely honest. You tell me. Um, what you think. Let me I, the I feel like I don't. Can I be honest? I don't like modern day Christianity. It's like it's fake to me. And I, I love what y'all got. What y'all got is a whole nother different. I love y'all, but it's just like the way the mainstream churches you know. I feel like all they want to do is take, take, take. Because I got how I many? 
I got like four churches in my neighborhood. I ain't seen them pass out. No book bags, no pencil, no paper. But you always want, want me to come to your church and put money in the bowl. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see something like that. Go back how a church originally was back in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Going out to the people, blessing the people, not putting people in. Like talking about people with their depression sitting down and really talking with people and discussing their issues in life. Not mm-hmm. about something. It's not, it's it's about the Bible, you know, but not all the time. We got to focus on now, now, mm-hmm. or what, what people going got going on now. I don't see them doing that at all. Mm-hmm. At all. I got some, all these churches, all these kids and died. They see all these, but they want to sit. It was just talk about that the other day in my oh, in my people. podcast. They want to do all of that, <laughs> and I see them selling food. You're supposed to be giving away food. Why you why you want to sell food? You're supposed to be giving that away. That's what I'm saying. That's why I ain't into that. I want to do my own stuff. Give away. Nah, that modern day Christianity. What they got going on is oh, that's different. I got mm-hmm. modern day Christianity, not mm-hmm. back in the day Christianity. Modern day Christianity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What about you, Bernard? Do you still need me to rephrase the question? Are you based off his response? I figured out the question. <laughs> but now, like on the real, I feel the same way. Like, cause I'm at a point now. I'm more so like I stopped believing in religion. I believe in God wholeheartedly, but religion is more so. I see so many different things and so many forms of Christianity, and they all preach different things. And like, like he said, it just doesn't seem like a genuine vibe to the community. It's they get what they can out of community, but what do you get when we don't, when no nobody had nothing to give? You feel me? Then you got churches, they run streets alone, they run blocks alone, yet you got homeless people on the street who who need someone to sleep. Like it's just not genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what y'all mean. When I was an undergrad, I have a funny story. Um, so you know, as a college student, not you know, you know this probably being that fam, you be broke. Uh mm-hmm. And so after I snuck uh, and ate some of my roommate's food one time, uh, <laughs> uh, my friend was like, hey, my church having this thing. Uh, the pastor, uh, he, um, people getting blessed. So I grew up in church. So I, I knew that the ways in which they were talking, that, like my dad taught me the Bible. Y'all met my dad. Uh, yeah. uh, my dad taught me the Bible. He wasn't with the schemes or none of that. But when you desperate, you be like, okay, if they passing out like they passing out blessings, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> you just <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I know they probably don't work, but I'm gonna go anyway. So I went. Yeah. Um, and the past the preacher, they had like this guest pastor, it was a real big church, and he was like giving out like gold fill-ins and people teeth. He was saying he was doing it, which it was like crazy, right? Yeah. And so he was like, if you sow this amount of money, you're gonna get blessed. Well, I only had like $25 in my account. So I was like, he was like, he wanted the amount like one nineteen seventy seven. It was like a real off amount, like one of the people you see on BT at night mm-hmm. if you uh, <laughs> if you uh, watch it. And so I went. I was like, man, I don't have that amount, but I'm gonna give like twenty five dollars, right? Um, I'm gonna give all I had, and maybe you know I'll get the same blessing. So I wrote the check, walked up to the front. They looked at my check. And they pushed me, they was like, they took the check and they was like, oh, you can't get the blessing. Like it was supposed to be a piece of paper you get, right? And I walked away from that experience. I was like, dang, man, I just gave y'all my last $25. <laughs> I'm a broke student, um, mm-hmm. undergrad. And so I say that to say that I understand the frustration that you all are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that that it's happened, I've, I've experienced that. I've had good experiences from my church growing up with my father, but I have also experienced some bad experiences. And those, those actually my good experiences outweigh the bad, but what happens when we have those bad experiences, what happens that stays in the front of our minds, like all the time, all the time. Right. And so that is, that was a challenging reality that I had to, but then when I looked at the data, I saw that um, in our, in our book, through eyes of color, we talk about this contributions of black Christians and we mm-hmm. talked about the fact that when soldiers came home from World War II, right, that the government wouldn't give them loans. Um, they wouldn't give them VA loans. They wouldn't get a black soldier's loan. So it was churches that started credit unions to finance 
these black soldiers to get loans. Mm-hmm. And so when you start looking at contributions of black churches, it has been more good than bad. But because the the bad is like in the forefront of our minds, right? Yes, it overshadows, you know, the good experience. Because you got like like Jay Harris, for example. Jay yes. is a, y'all love Jay. Dog, Jay that's my dog. I love him. Oh my God, bro. Like yeah. he just, bro. I can't even. Like, like he was on news the other day, and he was talking about somebody else. And I, that's that's how you know that's a good person. He's talking about somebody else. He ain't mentioned none of the stuff that he done took care of families. This man literally done took care of families. This man got 10 kids taking care of somebody else's family. Come on now. 10 kids taking care of somebody else's family. And he took care of Yvette. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the backbone. Like, for real. Like, if it wasn't him, it wouldn't be no Yvette. I'm telling you that now. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. helped us out. So that right there is an example of old Christianity, how Christianity started out, you know, that's why I wanted to put in a few months ago, like six months, like six, seven months ago, mm-hmm. I, man, my uncle came to me talking about that Christianity stuff, I'm like, I got my feel for that stuff, but he like, he was like, no, man, I ain't talking about these days, I'm talking about back in the day, you know, and he showed me videos of people in Africa, and Ethiopia, study Christianity, and they actually got the real Bible underground, you, mm-hmm. you know, and they do what actually Christians do. They come chant together with their family, you know, do the little hoorah, hoorah, and they mm-hmm. eat together, you know, and they pass around the food, and they love on each other. They wash, wash each other's feet. How Christian is supposed to be. You're supposed to love each other and give back to each other and talk about God at the same time. You know, and and he showed me the real Christian. I mean, I, I warmed up to it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. And, and like I you... said, no, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't want to cut you off. Oh, I was finna say. That's all I was finna say. Um, we don't we don't see too much of that. They don't show it off. We have to show it off. They don't show it off in the media too much. Yeah. Bernard, you oh, want to say <laughs> What would be what would be uh, kind of some some other questions y'all y'all would have about just justice and Jesus? They're my main two, honestly. That I'm still speaking answers to, but I mm-hmm. just feel like it's so much stuff. Like we have to unteach ourselves certain things. Mm-hmm. And unsee certain things for yes. ourselves, just like with everything going on now, for us to try to get that understanding mm-hmm. of how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But it's just so hard when you've been brought up like this. Mm-hmm. And you see it every day. Mm-hmm. You see the fake acts of love and the fake acts of community service mm-hmm. that's really benefiting you and not the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point, Bernard. I posted something on Facebook recently about like how most racial reconciliation is really a racial reconciliation talks are really uh, performative. They're not really about actual progress, right? Because most people, one of um, even though my degree is in religion, my other undergrad degree is in PR. So I know how this stuff works. When an event come out, what everybody got to do, they got to make sure their PR is good. They got to make sure they release the right statement. They say the right thing. But they might not be have any intention of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think that churches could do? And y'all experience with evac because y'all did a lot on criminal justice. And Bernard, I know you're in school for criminal justice right now. Chris, I know you're working um, in grassroots with evac still. What are some practical things that people could do to push this movement forward? I, I have this saying: we need to listen, we need to lament, but we also need to legislate. It's not enough just to listen to what people are saying, but you got to move from listening to actually repenting of how you um, have helped these power structures stay in place. You know, you got to lament and repent, but you also then you need to move. You can't just stay there and be like, I'm so sorry because we tired of hearing that. Right. You got to actually legislate and rally and put some laws in place. Right. You got to say what we're going to do to make this system better. In, in your experience, working with EVAC especially, 
and in, in Jacksonville, and y'all been y'all been at Harvard, y'all been all over talking. What are some practical things that y'all think can be implemented that is simple but everybody kind of overlooks? Uh, for one, understanding, and two, I would say uh, knowledge, passing the right the right in quotation yeah. the right information down, so that it's no uh. A lot of people not confused and have different agendas and per se, even like with everything going on, not passing the right knowledge down and having mentors and consistency. I feel like that's kind of what Christianity and even life is about. Mentors, consistency, bonds and relationship. You don't get none of those things without an understanding of each party, whether that be young, old, white, black, whatever. You feel me? So just having that understanding and that knowledge alone you at least give yourself something to fall back on and something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. as, as far as legislation, what do you think we need? Because, you know, there's people who are saying we need um, to defund police. Um, we need to. So defunding is not taking all their money. It's just reallocating some to the community. Yeah. Um, but then moving from defunding some people go to the other thing and say, you don't need police altogether. We need to sell police. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Chris, you want to go? <laughs> um, with, ooh, they see, I'm saying they trying to get us in the trap. I don't want to say too much, you know, to get me messed up. Uh, but <laughs> y'all know the game is, uh, I feel like they should do, we should do you know how they always locked us up for everything. They should get locked up, throw away the key for a long time, man. I'm tired of them. It's still to these people in Jacksonville. It's a people, it's a person who got shot by the police. And my dad knew him since he was a kid. He got shot by the police country. And he still is not, this man ain't with court. This man ain't that. Man, they need to go to the start getting licensed death sentence. For real, man, they always send somebody to jail for selling drugs. I ain't saying it's the it's the best thing in the world, but I feel like you shouldn't be giving nobody twenty years to sell drugs. Um, we when we think about moving to legislation, it seems like what you're saying is that we need to we need to really have change the the laws of discretion as it relates to how much um not the laws of discretion. We need to change the laws so that the police don't have that much um discretion um and and when it comes to taking the lives of those who they're they're trying to arrest or um or engaging with because that's what that's one of the challenges right the, the discretion the way the reason they get off because they're protected by another layer and they have big mm -hmm. discretion so if they say man i feel like my life i feel like my life was in danger well that's you know, the guy could have just been lifting his hands or the woman could have just been lifting their hands and they're like, oh, that was, I feel like I'm in danger. Or when, when we get the Philando Castile case and he was trying to show them that he was a licensed um, gun carrier and they shot yeah. him and then it's like, oh, I felt like my life was in danger. There's so mm -hmm. much, there's so much space and discretion in that that allows people to get I, off. Um, can I say something? Yeah. Real stuff. I get what police say in that instant. Uh, when they raise their hand, you know, but still, some stuff is unnecessary. Unnecessary. Like, you can pull out a taser, like, you can pull out anything, a gun, but, but I get what they're saying about that because it's the, it's stuff y'all don't, we don't see. They getting shootouts probably sometimes with people, and that's scaring them, you know. They probably done got a shootout the other day, but they don't talk about that with police officers, you know. So I get them that aspect, but still, though, some stuff like like how the George, George Floyd, man, this man didn't do nothing. You got this man pinned on the ground, mm -hmm. and you got your knee on his neck for eight minutes. That, now nah, that death penalty. This man should get death penalty, electric chair, mm -hmm. for real. Cause that don't make no sense, and the man begging for, begging, begging. Now that right there, that that's all I'm saying. Better judgment, cause everybody not perfect. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna sit here and say like bash all police officers, but just 
we need to pay attention on the important stuff. You know, what 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 you see. You know, they ain't going by they going by other stuff. They should be worrying about other stuff that's not important. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So when y'all think about like when y'all see people like that Ma Aubrey's and Bill Floyd and Eric Garner and those on camera, how does that make you feel? Like does that make you in fear in your interaction with the police? Like how does that make you feel? When you encounter the police, um, either one of y'all can go. I'm gonna be honest. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak for everybody, man. I, I be trying to be like a tough guy. I do, man. I be scared, man. I be scared. And it's, why should I gotta feel like that? And I don't like how the news be like putting out on news so much. We shouldn't because it put people like me in this type of anxiety, like in fear. I shouldn't be fearful of the cops that's supposed to be protecting me. I ain't supposed to be shit like like this. Like I'm a like he the slave master or something. Man, he coming up to me. I did something wrong. He finna whoop me. I shouldn't be feeling like that. You supposed to be protecting me. So yeah, I do be scared. I be I'm scared times ten every time a police officer even pull up next to me. I get killed. Shouldn't be like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm scared. I'm not gonna be a man and tell the truth. Yeah, yes, I'm scared. Cause they can slip up and shoot me. It take one bullet to end my life. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got to say with that. I got a depressed mindset when it comes to that. You say you got what? I have a different. I got that mindset, but it's like it's channeled into different factors. Like, if I'm doing everything right, it ain't really nothing I can't do. Like, that's just how I feel. Yeah, I could be scared, but it ain't really what I'm be scared for. I did everything I had to do. And I don't think it's right how staying your ground can be used in Florida against everybody except for officers. <laughs> so if I do everything right and and that officer choose to get out of line, it's nothing I can do. It's no reason for me to be scared. My life is literally gone. You feel me? My life is in not not none of my control. Mm-hmm. That's more so like it, it just is what it is at that point. My mama taught me what to do. I did it. I don't know what else to do. He got he don't know how to use his power. That's that. But the only thing we can do is get an understanding. Like y'all go through this training. I don't care how scared you is. You're supposed to be trained how to handle certain situations. How to figure out if it's actual actual gun or whatever in the car. You should have training towards that. We don't go through training how to live life. Y'all do. You got to put yourself in somebody else's shoes to get laid out. And, and we still out. be better than them. We still do situations better than them. And we ain't even trained. Like, I seen people react better than them. Like, and they supposed to be high top trained. They supposed to be went to college. I'm like, come on now. Normal people train better than you in death situations. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like it's, they, it's the trainers. Whoever training them sucks. Mm -hmm. it, it shouldn't be be like this. Feel me? If, when you think about this this space, how does that make you think about like God's protection for black people versus His protection for white people? We ain't protected. It's that simple. Like we not protected. Mm -hmm. That free like, like He said, He give us free will. Anybody got the, the right to make their own decisions, right or wrong. He don't stop none of that. Maybe afterlife, he got to say so in it, if that's real, because I feel like we already living in hell. And being happy, just something as happy, like simple as being happy is going to be our heaven. But you feel me? He not doing nothing to stop it. Mm -hmm. and, and when you say we already living in hell, can you let our audience know what, what you mean by that? Uh, depression, injustice, racial inequality. Mm -hmm. Like... We we don't see no like we mm -hmm. get we, police brutality. We battling that every day. What hell? What's gonna be different? We still battling something. We still battling stuff within us. People don't know that. Oh my that god! Too. Like that. Like you. We, we, I swear to God, it's like people don't talk about you. Got a whole monster inside you, tempting you to go this way, that way, that way, and be real emotions like mm -hmm. anxiety inside you of past stuff. Maybe maybe you 
maybe one minute you cool, then next minute you think about like how my cousin just killed herself. You know, and I'll be thinking about that. You know, it give me anxiety. You know, and it made me not want to go harder. You know, because she she believed believe my clothing line, my company so much. You know, so I gotta go harder that. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry for your loss. People be going through real life stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Somebody was calling. Inside, um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 hard because it, it really what what you're saying is that when you think about when you think about hell, um, Bernard, you're thinking like what can be worse than some of the present realities that people face, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, I often um, like when we talked about it the other day. Uh, Bernard and I talked the other day. We we're talking about the subject, and um, when I, one of the reasons that I personally, I was telling you one of the reasons why I personally believed in hell was because I believe that God is just, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think about the injustices of the world, when I think about the people who, as uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, even though I, I, I have some challenges with some of the stuff he says. He, when he makes a critique of Christianity, he says that the white man has his heaven here, or the black man—I mean, the Asian man has his heaven here. That's 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 his quote. Like they get the the to live in a place where they experience wealth and privilege. So that's his pushback, right? And so if that's the reality for me, for me, kind of one of the challenges I would face if I if I thought that hell didn't exist was that it would mean that God is unjust because I think about all of the the oppressors that lynched our forefathers that brought mm -hmm. for slave ships that got away that got free right mm -hmm. if there's no hell then they escaped any kind of judgment and I would have a really challenging time with a God that allowed people that look like me to experience that kind of pain without some kind of justice. Um, and so that, you know, is one of the reasons among many why I do believe that there is a, a hell after this, um, hell in heaven after this life. Um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Who's to say that that person believed in God and believed in afterlife? Then what? They shall return. So who's to say that they believe in afterlife? Then what? Mm -hmm. How you gonna how you gonna punish somebody who don't even believe in you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would think like let's say on the like the more basic human level, if I don't believe the stove is hot, right? Mm -hmm. Does that mean that I will not get burned if I touch it? Okay, but if you think about it on a love level, how can you catch feeling for somebody you don't value? That's a good point. So in relation <laughs> to, in relation to like hell, what it what are you what are you thinking? How does that like what, what you mean? when you think about like how can you catch feelings for someone you don't value? You're saying how when you say that to hell, like kind of like connected dots for me. I'm gonna use Trump for example. All those okay. things, those rape things, rape cases. If he doesn't believe in God and he just dies tomorrow, mm -hmm. where does he go if he don't believe in afterlife? Mm -hmm. What's his punishment? You can't yeah. really give yourself a punishment if you don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. That wasn't his in his eyes. That might not have been his God. That might not um, have been his belief. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he ain't got to believe it. Maybe he's just going to face the judgment when he get there. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. So uh, it's like, dying off the punishment. Hmm? It's dying off simply the punishment. Well, I think what you're saying is that in order to get to an afterlife, you got to believe in the afterlife. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think when it comes to God and judgment, it really doesn't doesn't matter what we, whether we believe or not. There's a, there's a parable in the Bible that Jesus tells when he talks about and 
rich man and a poor man. I'm I'm blanking right now on which name was the rich man and the poor man. But um the rich man goes to hell, right? Mm-hmm. Like tell he's asking God to let them let him go back to tell his family that this life is real, right? That they need to live right or they'll end up in hell where he's currently at, right? And so what that parable tells me is that at some point he didn't really believe that there was a judgment to come. Um, and he ignored the warning signs of the prophets and all those who came before. And so his unbelief in it didn't mean he escaped it. And so I think when it comes to God and judgment, God sends us people to say, hey, this is the reality. Um, I believe that. And if, if you don't accept the reality, that doesn't mean you get to escape what's to come just because you don't you don't believe that is to come. I believe that. And that's what I was saying. Like, it don't matter if you believe or not, it's going to come. What, what, do, what are you talking about, Mary? What if everybody get the opportunity to be touched? You got pregnant women who might die. How do you, you feel me? You saying, well, if they don't hear, yeah, right. how can God hold them What about the people who, who never got the chance to hear everything? Kids who died up here. I've got kids who I could never respond again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in theology, there's this understanding. Um, and I think it's challenging is that people think that young people won't be held accountable if they die because they don't have the consciousness to accept um, accept Christ or believe in the scripture, right? So they, they'll say like, that some people put an age on it and they'll be like 12. Now where they get that name, number from? That could be Jesus uh, when he was 12 years old. Um, or there's some people that say God won't be accountable. The challenge with that is, and I mean, I think the argument can be made um, on what we're saying, I think Bernard is a valid, valid point, is that like there's some people who say, well, I've received when I was five, right? Mm-hmm. So if was five, or, you know, then does God hold all five euros accountable? Like that is a valid, I think that's a valid question I think that we have to wrestle with. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't um, claim to have the perfect answer for that. But I do think that is a, something we have to wrestle with. Like, it's how can we be assured that everybody will hear, even though it said all men will hear. Now there are some, there's been some people then in that converted in like, in like huts, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, how did you convert? They were like, God showed me a vision, like, mm-hmm. and they had no conversations with anybody about Christianity. So I know that it ha- it does happen, but it is challenging to believe, you know, like everyone will hear on earth. Like that is a, ch- you know, like there's like, yeah. it's like six to 8 billion people on earth. Like, like how does that give them, how does it the- get to everyone? So, you know, I think that's, that's a valid question. I mean, we just have to trust in the sovereignty of God in that space to, to do, to do what is just. But I don't. I don't think there's a, a perfect answer to that question. I don't think so either. I think that answer is like so complex, so complex. But all I know is you do good and stay. Put your faith in the God. I know that that will take you a long way. And He gave me signs that if you put your faith in Him, He will always do what you. How I try to put this? He will always. You know what I'm saying? Love you. You know what I'm saying? Take care of you. If you just put your faith in him. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen that. So, yeah. I don't want to take away too much of y'all time today, but I think this has been a good conversation. Good uh, conversation. <laughs> um, what would be y'all like kind of final thoughts on Jesus, justice, the Bible, Christianity? Um, I know that we could go on for days with the questions, and uh, when when Bernard comes back into town, we're gonna have to go out to lunch and chop it up uh, to 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 uh, 
dive into these questions some more. Um, how you liking the? Have you started on the book, uh, Bernard? Oh, uh, not yet. It's oh, been wow. a long week. And I know you got work, school. So yeah. I ain't even gonna, I ain't gonna even gonna add, add anything onto your plate. Um, I'm definitely tap into it. Mm-hmm. What um, what what do you, um, uh, what kind of thoughts would you like to leave? Either one of y'all can go first. I go first. Um, I know. I just we should just build that as people. That's all. Um, you know, we realize now. Well, I hope y'all realize that they don't care about us, and we should build that as a people. And that's God, right there. When we come together as a people and love each other, you know, and take care of each other, that's God right there. So, ain't no question. That's already the way. So, yeah. Thank you. Your turn, Bernard. I just want to make it make sense. Honestly. Like, I want to be, be sure that everybody's on the same pedestal. Everybody got the same rights. Everybody got the same. Uh, like, I know nobody the same. But based off the circumstance and the living situations and everything that plays a factor into judgment day or even before somebody go to jail, like just making sure that it's all, we all on the same pedestal based off our circumstance and situation that we're going into. Because we have no control over that. Mm -hmm. Whether that be spiritual or actually like physically or Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's helpful. Uh, when you think about spirituality, this is gonna be my last question because I think people need to understand like where your starting point with faith is. Bernard, you grew up was it Jehovah Witness? I grew up like four five different things. Like I can't <laughs> even give you what I grew up like. I just had different members who I was always with. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say I had a soul thing, but it's more so jumping. You feel me? So. Uh, can't really tell you what I grew up. All I'm to say is Christian usually. Okay. Up to the point, but Christianity is so vague. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. Really. What about but about you, Chris? Um, nothing. Uh, the truth. <laughs> the truth of life, and, and all I know is the truth is love your family, uh, and focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's God already, so mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, that's what, that's what, that's why I talk. You know, you, like I said, my dad was just spiritual. He wasn't into all that stuff. So I was different coming up. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in a more kind of spiritual, the not, real spirituality, the not, real spirituality, yeah. not the fake modern day spirituality, <laughs> not organized religion. I feel like it's simpler. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you get in my way, you still have more peace instead of all that stuff they got going, all these layers and layers and stuff. Mm-hmm. When you get into the real Christianity and the real spirituality, you're going to be more at peace. Mm-hmm. That's that. Well, I thank you, gentlemen, uh, for joining me today. I think it's been yes. a helpful conversation to to um, to for our audience just to hear what you all are experiencing how you are processing Christianity, um, how, you know, the church, how the church should think about how they demonstrate Christianity to the world. But also, I hope that people walked away with this valuing your questions. Both of y'all have really good questions. And I, I remember my conversation with Bernard, like a lot of people don't often listen to y'all questions enough, you know what I'm saying? Like, or don't take y'all seriously or maybe push you to the side when you answer those questions. So, um, I want people to see like, hey, y'all have really good questions that need to be engaged and it won't mm-hmm. happen. Like, all y'all questions won't get answered in one conversation. Um, there's numerous conversations. Um, and I think, you know, where it's a mutual kind of conversation where I'm not just pushing my, my ideas on y'all. You get to push back, you know, and I think that's healthy for engaging in the next generation. So I just thank you gentlemen for giving me your time. Um, and uh, I know we'll have many more conversations 
um, on, on beliefs, uh, whether on camera or off, because um, I really, I think y'all questions are important and they deserve to be answered. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> well, thank you all for watching another episode of the G3 Project Podcast. Um, as always, I'm Lisa Fields. It was an honor to have both Chris and Bernard on with me today. Um, you can check out the curriculum through Eyes of Color, which me and um, Bernard, uh, I mentioned that when we were talking, I was talking to Bernard because he has a copy of it. He's about to start going through. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, but we definitely hope you were blessed by this episode. Um, you can help um, support the mission and vision of the Jew3 Project by giving online at Jew3Project.org um, backslash um, donate. And you could get our new T-shirts, um, Listen, Lament, Legislate. Um, we'll have some more information forthcoming just on that. And what we're, we're going to do some more with that outside of the T-shirt. Um, so that information will be forthcoming. Thank you so much for listening. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate your support of the Jew3 Project. And until next time, here at the Jew3 Project, we're hoping you know what you believe and why you believe it. Grace and peace. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune in to all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also, remember we have our Bible engagement app in partnership with Back to the Bible to help you get better engaged in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching Jute3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.